are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns with your host, Jeff Floyd, here. Uh, we're going to get to a bunch of fun stuff here tonight. We'll do the linebacker review. We'll give you our AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game preview. Obviously, Pete Smith here joining us with that. Uh, your daily delivery of everything dog pound. Guys, whether it's Alexa, whether it's Surrey, ask the fine ladies, play podcast Locked On Browns. They'll take care of that for you. Anything you would need from the Locked On NFL Network, uh, you can check out uh, the home pages on Instagram or on Twitter. The Locked On NFL Net pages, uh, they have everything there uh, funneled through every show, whether it's the solo team coverage, the flagship show with Matt Williamson, fantasy shows, draft shows, everything flows through those accounts. So anything you're looking for here, as we start to move you know, closer and closer to the offseason, <coughs> obviously East-West Shrine game this week. Senior Bowl next week, obviously, you know, on the, uh, you know, the quiet week before everything, you know, takes off in Atlanta for Super Bowl 53. But, you know, so we'll give you our picks here. Um, Pete, I, I guess we'll, we'll, uh, we'll jump right into it with the linebackers. Um, it, it's, I mean, because you do not have as many linebackers on your roster as you do other positions, in my opinion, this is going to be the greatest positional turnover on this roster. I mean, theoretically, uh, there's only really one guy uh, in concrete. That, in concrete, yeah. I mean, but there's chances are there's already two starters on the roster. Uh, well, this sort of starter. Well, I, I think I think we both know he's going to be on the field. Uh, but you know, other than that, I mean, it's it's up in the air. In fact. We don't even know who's going to be considered a linebacker because we could see a guy like Jannard Avery become a, a linebacker of sorts, even though he's labeled linebacker like that means anything. Or a guy like Derek Kindred could conceivably be listed become a linebacker of sorts. So, I mean, it's Joe Schobert and likely Chris Kirksey and fill in the blank. At that point, it becomes completely up for grabs, and it's not impossible, although very, 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 very unlikely, that Jamie Collins is back. Yeah, for me, I just, Jamie Collins, I think the only way he'd be back is if he took a pay cut, and Jamie Collins seems like the type of guy, um, you know, for all these years here, we always said, you know, Darrell Revis, as great as he was, Darrell Revis was about his money. Uh, I think Jamie Collins, that's what it would come down to. It would come down to, you know, what's best for the next two, three years financially, um, I, you know, and even where you are with the cap space, I, I wouldn't be opposed to keeping Jamie Cal- Jamie Collins, but I think it's more of a message of what you're sending to these other guys who are now climbing the roster as far as the stars they are and, and you, know, w- you know, what weight they carry with them, that you can't have a guy that, you know, seven out of 16 games, you know, there's so many plays where you're saying, what the hell is he doing? Is he even trying? Right. The keyhole that this fits in is basically Steve Wilkes goes and says, look, I want this guy. I feel like Greg Williams and Blake Williams misused him, and they did, uh, which could be said for every linebacker on the roster. And he goes, I want to I want to keep him and somehow convinces Dorsey to do it. Do I think that's a likely situation? No. Uh, but that's sort of the path that this gets – uh, this goes on, and and the the same can be said for if you're really down on Chris Kirksey, you say, you know, the same thing that Blake William that Chris Kirksey was a substantially better football player before uh, Greg Williams came to town and Blake Williams came to town, and that hopefully with this new staff, 
that uh, he's going to be better uh, in addition to just the fact that he's, you know, wants to be better and, and certainly is not happy with how his season played out. And, and, and that's part of it. The problem with Kirksey is, you know, obviously a, you know, a, a chunk of the year, and we've gone over this, a chunk of the year lost to injury. Um, the game, his best game in the season was when he played middle linebacker against Tampa when Joe was out. Um, you know, played well, caused a couple of turnovers. Um, and, and here's the tough part. Christian Kirksey is just a really, really good person. Uh, absolutely loves this city. His charitable efforts, I mean, you know, look, I don't know everyone else's resume for, you know, this, I guess it's the Walter Payton Man of the Year or whatever, but you see everything Christian Kirksey's doing and everything he does for the community, and it's just outstanding. He's a great guy. He's in a spot where you really, you can't cut him because you're eating a lot of, you're eating a ton of money. Jamie Collins, that's not the case, Pete. Right. So the the figure is if they cut Chris Kirksey, they'd have to eat $10.6 million. The good news is that he only costs 8.2 next year, which I'm told is about half of what it costs for a mediocre player who's a sweet character guy. So we're really benefiting here and we're making a sweet profit because we could really be talking about giving him more money to give you that mediocre quality, but character. That's that's really important here. Well, and the other thing is, is you know, I, I I need to run him through the cultural change, you know, w- you know, analytics and see where Christian Kirksey. There has to be him. some sort of culture combine that we can put guys through. Yeah, but but here and obviously, guys, some tongue in cheek. But as we roll on with the linebacker position, you know, you like the word Baron. Who, there's not another linebacker on this roster who's probably going to be back. Uh, you know, uh, Ray Ray Armstrong, uh, Tanner Vallejo, you know. And like I said, you know, you could conceivably make the case that you, Joe Schobert, and you might be starting your entire linebacking core over from there. There's nobody else. Right. I mean, if you're if you're just saying that you could, you know, take finances out of it and you say this this is who we want on the field, it's Schobert, and that's it. Uh, I mean, the the other the other parts are going to factor in that have nothing to do with play on the field, at least. Not first on the list. So that's a problem. And guys like Tanner Vallejo, um, if you're making the argument he makes the team, it's not because he's linebackers, it's because you, of what he does you, on special teams. You never want him playing in a traditional linebacker spot. Um, but, and even if that's the case, then you know now he's whatever he is, you know, fourth, fifth year in the league, you can find probably somebody in the – look, Tavier Thomas was the highest graded defensive back who played special teams last season. So why would you pay Vallejo what he's going to make as a four or five year veteran in the league when there's a good chance with a, you know, look, the special teams coach, obviously we've gone over that at nauseum. But if you have a better special teams coach, you could hopefully draft an athletic linebacker in the sixth round and he can give you the same thing for probably a third of the price that you would pay Tanner Vallejo. Right. And and the other part of this that, you know, that gets forgotten because it happened so long ago is that the Browns are going to be in position to try to get themselves another guy like Michael Kendricks, who hopefully doesn't commit white-collar crime and gets... Or at least has the decency to tell you about it. (laughs) Right, that doesn't lie to the team and then gets suspended all that mess. So, you know, you forget that coming into the season, the Browns had a ton of linebackers that look good, and then he's gone, and then Kirksey gets injured, and Collins is up and down, and Schaubert's injured. So... You know, there's there's going to be moves there. What the, the the one I'm not really high on is the idea of saying we're going to bring in 35 year old Thomas Davis, 
to teach the system. Like you have a really good linebacker, Joe Schobert. He can pick it up. He, they don't need a tutor for him. Uh, and you know, now, these guys don't need. I mean, come on. <laughs> for where they're going to be and all the talent and what? Let's see. One, two, three, four. Four first-round picks on that defense. Um, I mean, there's a solid chance there's going to be a fifth. Um, you you don't need Thomas Davis to come in here and, and play that role. So if you're if you're look, look obviously we're, we'll get into free agency in a more thorough manner. But if you're looking for where the Browns could try to make some smart moves that aren't necessarily big moves, that's probably the position I'd look at the most is finding linebackers that. Todd Wilkes has coached somewhere or guys they feel like they can come in and contribute without costing a ton of money, uh, whether it's depth, special teams, or I, I would expect that when it comes to really getting guys that can play on a, on a high level, that's going to be more in the draft and stuff like that. But we'll see. But that, that becomes a position where you could see uh, some creativity and how they spend in, in, in attacking that position in multiple ways. Well, I mean, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to nose around and you see if there's any teams that are now switching 4-3, 3-4-wise. Um, if you have a team that's going, you know, from 4-3 to a 3-4, you know, there could be some guys that are expendable. And, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe linebacker could be a position where you made a trade for. I know everybody loves to talk about the Gerald McCoy thing. Um, you know, as much as I, I do like it, there's a lot of money over the next two years. Gerald McCoy is about to turn 31. A lot of injuries. Um, and, and I look back and, you know, Snacks Harrison, who's in his prime, plays like he's in his prime, cost a fifth-round pick. So, I mean, if you're going to tell me I can get McCoy for a fifth-round pick, you know, I'll, I'll entertain it. I don't I don't know if I want to give up any more than that. But, you know, I don't want to get off the, the thing here. Um, but, look, I mean, Ray Ray Armstrong, Tanner Vallejo, I mean, you could literally conceivably be saying it's, you know, Joe Schobert, Christian Kirksey, and three to four different linebackers on this roster come opening day next year. Right. And the other part of this is, I don't know if it, if, if we want to close the door completely on the idea, but it's pretty damn closed on the idea of either any of the Cardinals linebackers uh, coming here, uh, whether it's uh, Hassan Reddick or uh, what's-his-face, the former safety that they uh, Buchanan, because those guys did not play well under Wilkes and probably aren't super excited to come play for him again. Again, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I think the doors barely opened a crack on that. Well, I mean, Hassan Riddick, you know, basically what they did with Hassan Riddick is they brought him in every Monday and said, all right, well, this is what you're going to do this week. You know, meanwhile, here was a kid who was, you know, turning into a linebacker from you know, mostly being a pass rusher in his college days at Temple. So you were throwing a million different things at the kid. And then, you know, basically you sat down Sunday after the game and it was like, oh, well, he didn't play very well. well no, no, duh. I mean, Christ, I mean, if the kid didn't know what his assignment was week in, week out, he had no, you know, chance to get himself comfortable in the position, uh, you know, seemed to do better after that. Dayon Buchanan, are you going to go run to play for the guy who basically most important year of your career, the fifth year of your rookie contract, didn't play very much <laughs> and basically took playing time away from you. So, you know, the day on Buchanan dream is probably dead due to the Wilkes hire, which sucks for me. I love day on Buchanan. Um, but guys, you know, this is pretty much it with the linebackers. We know what we have in Joe. Christian, most likely, because of money, because he's a good guy, you want to give him that extra shot could be here. 
Collins, it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting thing. And look, I look, I, you know, I'm not totally slamming Jamie Collins. Like that Denver game is one that stands out forever in my mind. The Jet game, he had a solid game. There were nights where where Jamie Collins was a huge, huge factor. But there were some games, and you know, the Kansas City Chief game is one. It was the Charger game was one where it was just like, bro. I mean, you know, I mean, if, if we pay a couple more bucks, we at least try. And that's what we have there. But uh, Lockdown Browns, guys, there's your linebacker 2018 season review of the Lockdown NFL podcast hosted by Matt Williamson, guys. Uh, you know, Obviously, you know the Monday show, you're going to get the hosts from the AFC and NFC Championship game. So you get a lot of breakdown there. Tuesdays, you get Sage Rosenfels. Wednesdays, you get Mike Renner from over at PFF. Thursdays, you get Mike Sando over at ESPN.com. Friday, Matt sits down, previews all the games for the weekend, gives you his game picks, just as me and Peter are about to sit down and here and do as well. But the Lockdown NFL podcast with Matt Williamson, guys, uh, put it in the rotation. Matt puts a lot of effort in, does a great job. I guess we'll take it in order here. And for me, if I was setting the schedule, I'd want the NFC Championship to be the last game. Uh, that's what I'd want to tide me over for two weeks. It's not the way it's going to work. Uh, obviously, you know, Rams travel down to New Orleans. Um, it, it's it's going to be a good one. I mean, the first one was. There's going to be points scored. You know, a lot of angles here. Obviously, Benjamin Watson out right now, uh, dealing with some sort of appendicitis. They're not sure if he's going to have to have his appendix removed or whatever. But it, you hate for a guy like Benjamin Watson because this could be it. This could be the last shot at you know playing in a game of this level. So you really hate it for a guy like Benjamin Watson. Um, but you know that's the case the way it is. Um, Pete, uh, you know, obviously the Rams here, uh, you know, basically, you know, found a way to succeed offensively almost all of the year. Last week against Dallas, just jammed, ran the ball down their throats. Obviously, it's something maybe they're going to look to do this week. Uh, you know, obviously New Orleans now with, with Sheldon Rankins out, a beast on the interior. And guys, this is what we say: if you have Larry Ogunjobi and you think he's a beast, go get another one. Imagine you have two. But uh, go ahead, Pete, give us a breakdown. Um, so you know. The, the, I, I do think the Rams are going to try to run the ball quite a bit. I think the part of the goal here is going to be keeping the ball away from Drew Brees, uh, keeping and trying to take the crowd out of it as much as possible, um, because th- that home field advantage is is imposing. That you know they 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 do produce quite a bit of noise. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, wouldn't you know? I would expect the Rams to take the ball if they get the chance. Um, to try to take some energy out of them uh, as much as possible. The the big question for me is, look, the, the, the Rams have Aaron Donald and they have uh, Ndamukong Sue. The Those guys are going to do what they do, and they're going to be a huge problem for Drew Brees. My question is, are they going to get anything out of, off the edge? Are they going to get contributions from the likes of Dante Fowler? Um, I think those Saints – know obviously that they're going to be, have to find a way to deal with Donald uh, and, and Sue. And part of that may be trying to reduce the workload as much as possible for those outside guys to sort of get help. So Taron Armstead did not have a great game last week against Brandon Graham. He hadn't been playing. Um, he was he's missed time with injury. Uh, there was some rust there. So you're hope if if you're the Saints, you're hoping that now he had a week to sort of get adjusted. He's going to be lights out. If he can shut down that edge one on one, it's going to re- allow those other linemen to sort of help uh, with Donald and Sue. Try to reduce the amount of pressure Drew Brees faces. You know because when until Fletcher Cox went down with the injury, 
the Eagles looked like they had total control. And if if the Rams, you know, are going to win on the road like this, that's going to be a big part of it. So they're going to have to find a way to deal with it. The, the, the balance the Eagles had became such a problem that they were able to tee off a little bit, make Breeze uncomfortable. The flip side of this is the Saints' defense without Rankins has some problems. But the other part is, you know, the, the Saints have good man coverage. This is a big week for golf, and part of the way you're going to want to deal with that is to get Todd Gurley, assuming he's healthy, and C.J. Anderson the ball as much as possible to try to open up some some passing lanes. I think the the thing you worry about, uh, if you go back to like the, the Chicago game, and obviously there was weather there, but it was a road game. Goff struggled with turnovers, and the worst thing that could possibly happen to this Rams team is they allow to get the Saints to get out in front quickly, potentially go up like two scores, and that's not like it would end the game or anything, but that gets that crowd just constantly bringing it and makes it that much harder. And and whatever you want to say about Goff, he's still a young quarterback. He's not some 10-year guy or anything. That's going to be an imposing thing to deal with and and you know the, the, that that crowd is something it can get you with false starts those 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 type of mental mistake penalties that put you behind the ball and and, and cause problems yeah and look i mean if, if if you're the rams look i mean this is it now look last year you got bounced early you weren't happy with it um yeah, all right be that as it may look um go get it you're here and you're gonna have to do it on the road you want people to give you the credibility you deserve, which I do believe they do. Go get it in this environment. And look, it's going to be loud. You're probably It's probably better for the Rams that this game is a 3 o'clock kickoff as opposed to the 640. Uh, a little less time for you know all the Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras ha-has and the hurricanes and everything that goes on down there. Um, so you may be in a better spot there. Um, yes, the running game. And look, uh, what, what was I, last week? It had to be damn near almost forty carries between C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley. Um, that's the recipe I think you're going to stick with. Um, Eli Apple came in here to the Saints secondary uh, after just basically a miserable start to his career with the Giants, and kind of stabilized it. And and now they're going. You know, they have two first round picks at cornerbacks. They've got a second round pick in P.J. Williams who plays the slot. Uh, Marcus Williams, free safety, a good good player. After all that went on, you know, that he had to deal with after the tremendous gaffe he had in last year's playoffs. Um, the other thing, though, is you are playing Drew Brees. You don't get to be a legend in the status of Drew Brees without, you know, getting yourself through some of these hiccups. Um, it seems the Saints running game, when it's really on, it's on. Um, but are you going to be able to do it against Aaron Donald and these guys? I think it's going to be a case where both teams are going to want to run the ball figuring, look, the best shot we've got at winning is having the ball in our own hands. Right. I, look, I mean, the, the, the you, you can get into the whole Chip Kelly theory of, the, theory of the case here. But, look, you have the ball more, chances are you're going to be in a better situation. And that's, you know, that's really going to be big for the Rams. Uh, the Saints can obviously work quickly. They have weapons that can do that. Um, the other part is if you watch – last week's game and I don't know if the Rams have an answer for this but Michael Thomas he, he had like what 172 yards receiving and they needed every one of them to win uh, I I don't know if the Rams have the pieces parts to really take away Michael Thomas and that doesn't mean that he's going to shut him down but at least 
eliminate him to the point where he doesn't single-handedly keep the Saints in the game or beat you. But you know that 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 has to be a focus for you. And I and it, it, Marcus Peters by himself isn't going to be able to do it. I don't know if Akib Talib does anything better for it. So it's going to take some probably some mixing and matching and some ways to try to make him uncomfortable and and try to confuse Drew Brees as much as that's possible into making a mistake and trying to cause a turnover so you can get an advantage. And that's the problem is Drew Brees has seen so much and done so much that Goff's the one who's more likely to get fooled by something. And the Saints have a secondary that can do those types of things. You have, you know, the amount of Buckeyes they have in Marshawn Lattimore and, and those guys that can make plays on the ball and potentially, you know, you know, the worst thing that could possibly happen if you're a Rams fan is is you make a huge mistake and you let one of those guys not only get an interception or something, but take it to the house and that crowd now just crushes you in addition to the just the fact that you know you've given up potentially a 14 point swing or whatever that is not easy to deal with and that's part of why the Saints have been so good at home i'm surprised that they had as much problem as they did last week and it's going to take every bit of that from the rams to to avoid getting washed out i agree with you um i i still be all this being said I'm going to take the Rams here. Um, I, I guess part of me is I just want the new blood. Uh, you know, and this will be evident with my with the pick from the AFC Championship. I want something new. I want different. I want fresh. Um, I, I just, you know, the Sean McVay thing, and I love the fact, you know, and look, I mean, Sean Payton, Sean Payton was kind of Sean McVay about 10, 15 years ago. You know, Sean McVay is, you know, obviously now the, the old, the hot, the enraged and what everybody wants. I just think I just think he's got enough junk in the toolbox that he's going to be able to you know pull something out here, but it's going to come down to the defense to have to do it, and you're going to have to you know like like the Eagles did, you're going to have to keep him at a number that's manageable. Um, you know the Eagles, it, it got you know late, later in the game they just couldn't stop it. Um, hopefully Wade Phillips is going to at least realize um, whatever we're going to do, you better beat me with somebody else besides number thirteen and Michael Thomas, which I think Wade Phillips is that type of guy, and that's the way it's going to work out. For me, I will go. I'm going to go Rams here in the upset. Look, I mean, they they have everything to do it, but my problem in this, and, and obviously not having Sheldon Rankins makes this much more difficult. But if the Rams, you know, they can't protect Goff the way that that Goff needs to be protected, that this becomes very problematic, and he, he does not deal with pressure. So I'm going to bet. Watch out on- for Demario Davis up the A gap all damn day. Yeah, so I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna take the Saints at home. I, I just I don't trust Jared Goff. I I do trust Drew Brees, and I do trust that that particular home field advantage. All right, folks, there you have it. Uh, so we're, we're split on this one here. So maybe a, a chance for me to pull even here, pull even, and that would put us uh, going into the AFC Championship game. Um, guys, the Locked On Cavaliers podcast. Chris Manning does a fantastic job over there. Uh, you know, it, it, it's tough covering a struggling franchise. I know, Pete knows from last year, anybody who covers the Browns understands how difficult it is when a franchise is bleak to cover it every day. But Chris Manning gives it his best and gives you 110% and still gives you great content day in, day out. The Locked On Cavaliers podcast with Chris Manning, guys. Check it out. Now, I, I'm going to start with this here, first things first. And now, um, the Patriots' Twitter account right now, if Bill Belichick knew what was going on with the Patriots' Twitter account, he'd probably abolish it himself. 
He would have it removed and just deleted from the earth. And the other thing is, this woe is me, us poor underdog patriots, just shut up! Look, it's not that anybody disrespects what you've done. We're freaking tired of it. We want something new. We want something different. I mean, Tom Brady's been playing Super Bowls since well before I've been a father, since well before I've been married. I've been married damn near 15 years. I got daughters about to be 12 and 11. I'm done. It's been a fantastic era, but I want to see something different. That being said, let's go into the AFC Championship, KP. Well, for all the crying about, you know, being underdogs, they are legitimate underdogs. The Chiefs Chiefs were phenomenal this year, and they're at home. Uh, you know, and, and they, they the dominated. Chiefs about, the Chiefs were about two minutes short of beating them at their place already this year. And they dominated in their playoff game. Uh, in, 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 they actually game, played a little defense. Right. In a game where some idiot picked the the Colts to beat them. Uh, Wait a minute. Pete never admits he's wrong. I've heard uh, this. I've, I've been told this. So, you know, I, I I don't feel bad for the Patriots. It does feel desperate. But you know what? It, it, you know, the, this this feels like Michael Jordan if he had social media when he played. But so whatever. Um, With the Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the fact is, I... The Chiefs offense, I think, is going to just keep rolling. I, I, I just... I have a difficult time seeing the Patriots stop them, and this is having just watched the Patriots absolutely de- demolish uh, a team at, at home in the Chargers. Uh, the problem, let's put it this way. If you are one of the people uh, like me who is not a big believer in Josh McDaniels, and I do think he's always coaching with a net in Bill Belichick. But this is the game where Josh McDaniels can really show you his value. If the Chiefs defense haven't played well, whatever you want to say, even if they're you know they haven't been good for the most part, but if he can do effectively what what they were able to do to the Chargers and just cut through the Chiefs defense and and just have this Patriots offense rolling where they could effectively go punch for punch with the Chiefs, even if they're running at full, all, all, uh, all their cylinders rolling, that would say a lot for his ability. That's sort of where this goes. So that that becomes the matchup for me. It's not, you know, Bill Belichick's going to be Bill Belichick. He's, he's going to probably make us all look stupid. But the fact is Josh McDaniels has to be great. Uh, and that's easier said than done. The problem I have is the Patriots – when they lose, they tend to lose to teams like this on the road. And that's not a mark of shame. That's generally how it goes anyway. But this is where they've sort of been tripped up is is, is games like this. So I'm fully going to put myself in the position of being stupid again, betting against Bill Belichick. But I do think that what the Chiefs are doing, I don't think the Patriots have an answer for Travis Kelsey and whatever they can do to Travis Kelsey, I don't think they can do to guys like Tyreek Hill at the same time. That's the problem. Is just the Chiefs have too many things they can do at once. And if the Chiefs get any semblance of a running game, then that just adds one more element that becomes difficult to stop. So I, I do think the Patriots will make this better a, a good game. 
I, I, I think it will be pretty high scoring. I, I do think um, th- this could be a situation where, you know, the last team that has the ball could win. Um, but I, I do, th- I am going to go with the chiefs. I am going to put myself in that position to bet against Bill Belichick again and be wrong again, but that's where we're going. All right. And for me now, um, I don't think Sony Michelle is going to be the factor he was last Sunday. Um, I don't think you're going to, you know, school Chris Jones, Derek Nande on the interior, like they were able to do to the chargers last week. The chiefs are not going to run out seven defensive backs and think that's going to stop the run. So I, 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 I agree with you there. Um, and look, I, I'm going to end up picking the Chiefs here. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, it, it's, 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 been a, it's been just insane. The entire season, everything he's done. Um, you're seeing things. Look, I mean, we've seen quarterbacks put up tremendous numbers. Um, some of these balls, and it, look, and you see the former shortstop in him. And the arm strength, it, it, I mean, it's uncanny for God's sakes. Um, also, if you want to go back to it, go to two years ago where the Chiefs went in week one and beat the Patriots around like a drum. And what did they do? Went deep on them. A lot. And it was a lot of chunk plays. And it was Kelsey. Obviously, Hunt's not going to be here. But I'll tell you right now, Williams is nothing to sneeze at at this point. He's done a fantastic job stepping in here, finding himself a role with his team. And you know he's, he's looked phenomenal within that role. The vision is there. He's able to pick up, you know, cuts, you know, two, three yards in advance, being able to make those cuts, take, you know, a five, six-yard run, turn them in at 12, 13-yard runs. The kid's been crazy impressive from that standpoint. Um, and who knows? I mean, maybe the Patriots, deep down within the end, I always keep saying this, oh, is it almost over? Is it almost over? Is it almost over? But maybe they're starting to realize themselves that maybe they're getting close to their last battle, their last stand. Uh, you know, who knows if that's the case, but I mean, Rob Gronkowski, um, yeah, he was great last Sunday as a blocker. I mean, he is, I mean, I, I don't even know if we can call him Gronk anymore. I mean, maybe we, he just needs to be referred to as his name of Rob Gronkowski. He's not the guy that he used to be. So it, so that just takes away another weapon. Uh, you know, look, you know, Julian Edelman always seems to be a guy who's going to get his in that respect. So that's fine, but I mean, what's going to be the difference offensively for New England is the hard problem I'm trying to have to find here. I think Mahomes is still going to roll to his 300. Tyreek is still there. You know, Kelsey, obviously, uh, Travis Kelsey is probably the best receiving tight end in the game right now. I, I don't know if there's much argument otherwise. He is that dude. And they're getting to play in Kansas City. And if you do want to talk about home field advantages, Kansas City is just nuts. And it, it's crazy. And the sound there is unlike any other stadium and it, the weird thing is, is you know, we were talking about this game four or five days ago that it could be, you know, in the single digits, wind chill factor in the negative, and now we're talking about the fact it could be, you know, about thirty degrees at kickoff, which isn't going to affect anybody. But even still, the bad weather really wasn't going to affect either of these teams. It's not like they're dome teams. It's not like they're West Coast teams. These teams would have been re- rather either way. But I think the weather being more manageable, it, it will help Kansas City just due to their style of play. So, you know, I, I, I'm taking the Chiefs, but I am fascinated to watch how Bill Belichick tries to deal with that that offense. That is for a second time. For a yes. second time, like in the playoffs, in the AFC Championship, the opportunity to go, you know, have have as many Super Bowl wins, you know, as Bill Walsh and and 
various other people combined, uh, that that's, you know, this is another opportunity sort of for Bill Belichick to show, you know, showcase that he's the best, you know, this. He doesn't need it. He's the best. We know it. And we're sick of having to admit it. Well, granted, but this just becomes another opportunity for him to sort of just basically show everybody how much smarter he is than, than ever, than they are. So that becomes fun. You know, if he can slow down Pat Mahomes or, or, or beat him or, or, you know, whatever that, you know, that's worth watching on uh, on itself because Pat Mahomes is such a problem in the fact that he is so athletic, the fact that he can throw from basically whatever angle he feels like. He does unorthodox things that you can't really defend, and yet you're you're having, you know, the the greatest defensive mind football's ever seen in the position to have to stop him to go to yet another Super Bowl. So that is fascinating. I, I think like I said, I think Josh McDaniels has to be great, but this is the matchup I'm sort of most interested to watch is Bill Belichick versus Pat Mahomes. And I mean, Andy Reid and, and all those guys, and Andy Reid obviously is a, uh, for all of his uh, game management questions, and that, that, that obviously could play a role, he's a phenomenal planner uh, in installing game plans and stuff like that. So you've got just everything in terms of the coaching matchups and this absolute phenom quarterback going head-to-head, that is the most fun matchup, potentially, of the entire playoffs. You know, I, I agree with you there. And, you know, and, and this is the thing, guys. I, I, I want it, it's I, I want to graduate. Look, I mean, the Breeze, Brady, and obviously Peyton is now gone. I am ready for this next era. I am ready for the Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, the Jared Goff, um, whether it's Mitchell Trubisky and his Bears. I, I, I'm ready for this ne- next era. Um, that era of you know, Breeze and Brady and those guys, it seems like it's, you know. And I t- said this last night, but you know, with uh, you know, with Ryan Al- Ryan Al- uh, Ryan Alton on the show, it's it, it's gone on Ryan Alton. I'm sorry, it's gone on too long. It's like it's like a television show that went two seasons too long. I- I'm ready for the next chapter, and you know, those guys, you know, not everybody was playing on that level where hey, we're gonna drop thirty a week. We're getting closer and closer now, where we're gonna have. You know, eight to ten quarterbacks between the AFC and the NFC, where these are that's going to be the norm, and that's what. And, I, and I'm looking forward to that. And you know, whether you want to you know label it you know kind of air raidish, that's fine. I am ready for it, Pete. You know, you you coach high school football. This is where it's about, man. Points are good, as many points as you can get, and this is you know this is where the NFL is headed. And, and I'm ready for some of that old regime where it was only three to four teams. To go ahead and, and just call it a day, and now where this is the norm, and you know all the playoff teams, this is the style they play. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think as much as the NFL doesn't want Pat Mahomes to basically become, you know, that dynasty guy where they're going to be in the Super Bowl four and five times, I think the NFL at large would really like to see the Chiefs win this and and try to sort of st- put the stake in and and, and get it over with. Uh, so they can't free up, particularly if you if you play your football in East Rutherford, New Jersey, Miami, or, or Buffalo. Um, you're desperate to get past this and hope that you can get to a point where you you know have a shot. Um, so yeah, that I mean that that part is fun, but that 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 does bring up the point of because points are going to be at such a premium. Are we going to see these teams? go big i mean are we gonna see you know going forward and forth down are we gonna see fake punts are we gonna see you know 
ballsy decisions in an effort to chase points, if that's the term you want to use, uh, you know, points are good. I don't, I think you're, you're chasing points if you're up by 50. Um, <laughs> you, you know, are, are we going to see teams try to, these two teams try to press it to try to get any advantage because both teams are explosive enough where no lead is really safe so you're you know you're going to try to get this to a two and three score game as fast as humanly possible oh absolutely and look i mean new england's just as capable of keeping up and scoring points here for me i just i just want the new blood that's that's what i want um you know i want to see tyree tyree kill go butt wild in this game and i don't know if it was week one or week two of the preseason it may have been week one if i remember correctly kansas city started their preseason in atlanta so maybe get Kansas City in Atlanta to close out their 2018-2019 season. It's, it'll be fun to see with that. Pete, anything we missed? I think we hit everything, right? Oh, the only thing I would do is go back and complain about people who think Joe Schobert's a bad run defender because this year uh, they... How many know, games he missed and still over 100 tackles? Well, <laughs> let's let's take that out of it. Let's just say the year before when the Browns were like third in run defense for yards per carry, that... Joe Schobert wasn't a bad run defender then, but you took out, you know, uh, Danny Shelton and you put in basically Trevon Coley as a as a, a sieve um, that magically Joe Schobert wasn't as good against run defense. I, I, you know, if you get another defensive tackle in there next to Ogan Joby who can play and you improve the depth, I think magically we're, you know, you're going to have people next year say Steve Wilkes is a genius because Joe Schobert's a better run defender now it, when it entirely had to do with the guys in front of him there yes the one criticism you can have with Schobert is he misses tackles part of that is the fact that he's diving at stuff he's never going to make anyway I think he dives too much in general so he he does miss tackles but when he's uh full strength he's not just making tackles he's making tackles behind the line of scrimmage so you know this I've seen this criticism and, and and by the way uh, I, I've seen this criticism, criticism from one person claiming, making claims about plagiarism this today, uh, that that he's a bad run defender. It's nonsense. Uh, <laughs> you address the defensive line. Schobert's going to be dynamic and, and a playmaking run stopper. They don't need to suddenly go get somebody who weighs 270 pounds, like the the, the second coming Levon Kirkland, because you're desperate to have more ass in there in middle linebacker. Um. The key to middle linebacker, guys, is you keep your middle linebacker clean. How do you think a guy like Ray Lewis, who weight-wise was the, the size you wanted, but you know height-wise was undersized, Ray Lewis was kept clean, and he was able to chase and pursue. Um, that's what Joe Schobert, you know, it's what you do for any middle linebacker. You want to keep them clean. The whole design of stopping any running play is to have your middle linebacker make the play. And uh, let's not discount the fact that Joe Schobert, for the second half of the season when he came back, was playing on a weak hamstring. You don't just recover from a hamstring during the season. You get well enough to play, but there's a difference between 100%. And uh, look, Joe Schobert, guys, <laughs> we're fine in that respect. And the other thing is, Jake Burns is about one of the most honest dudes I know. And yeah, never in a million years would he be searching a site that nobody even knows of for an article to steal information from. Uh, the reason it took a couple extra days to come out is because Jay, Joe, uh, I'm sorry, Jake went back and probably watched four, five, six, seven games. Jake Burns, all aces over here, guys. Um, Lockdown Brad's going to put a bow on this here. Um, we got some fun things coming here in the next few days, guys. 
Um, you know, obviously, I just want to thank everybody. Uh, you know, the month is rocking along here in the off season. Um, obviously, you know, Pete's going to head down to Mobile here in a couple of days, so we're going to get some reports there on the practices going down there. Um, kind of similar how we, if anybody remembers how we handled it, uh, you know, last year during this. Um, it's going to be a lot different, guys, uh, because basically we had Pete just stare at quarterbacks all day long. It's going to be a little bit different because we can kind of just like fluctuate around in positions and guys who caught eyes and. It's going to make the draft process a lot more fun because we do not know what the first round pick is. We knew last year what was going to happen at pick one overall. We knew it was going to be quarterback, obviously. Guys like Pete knew it was going to be Baker Mayfield, or at least, you know, swore to death it better be Baker Mayfield. But it'll be different because we can just look at these guys, get a sense of them as players. Um, I, I've spoken with some people today. We're, we're actually going to get some draft prospects on here. Uh, we're up to about three or four or five, six committed guys here. So we're going to get to talk to some of these guys, talking about their college careers, you know, how about, how about the draft process is going, things like that. So we're going to have some fun with that. The offseason is going to be killer, guys. We're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of guests lined up. We're going to continue with this. Me and Pete are going to bust each other's chops on draft choices, just like we did Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb all of last year. Let's hope next time we're busting each other's chops about Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. It's over a playoff game. That, that'd be nice for both of us. But guys, we uh, appreciate everything. Um, guys, read Pete's work over at NFL Spin Zone. Uh, you know the Lockdown Browns Twitter account. We keep a follow back, guys. Always, you know anything you need. Uh, you know I've got I got a couple emails today. You know thanking me for fixing the sound, guys. It was a little technical glitch. It's not going to be that way going further. So I'm glad everyone's appreciative. And look, you know best product. Never really thought about guys in cars or one earbud in. That was something we didn't think about. So it's just a little blip on the radar screen. Uh, follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, iTunes rating reviews, need them, gotta have them. Keep those suckers always pumping in here, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, until we talk the next time, guys, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.